Evan Lazar here, Patriots insider and host of the Patriots Beat podcast here on the CLNS Media Network. As always, our content is powered by our exclusive wagering partners, betonline.ag. Use the promo code CLNS50 for 50% off your welcome deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. The Patriots Beat podcast here on the CLNS Media Podcast Network and on Patriots Press Pass. I'm Evan Lazar, joined as always by Alex Barth, and we are speaking you to, to you today, just like we said we would, the day after the first round and discuss the Patriots' first round pick. And I can honestly say that nobody in the entire league, nobody in all of the media, no, nor me and Alex, had any clue that we would be talking about the guy on the bottom of the screen right there and Cole Strange from Chattanooga. We were just deliberating a little bit before we hit record, Alex. And I think both of us are at the point now where the pick is the pick. There's no going back. And so at this point, we have to discuss the reasons to be optimistic about it or why they made the pick and kind of explain the process here a little bit. But I don't want to completely lose sight of what I said last night, what I wrote last night. And that is everything that I say about this pick has absolutely nothing to do with Cole Strange. I actually think Cole Strange is a good prospect and can play guard for the Patriots on day one and is going to be a good player for them going forward. I like the talent. The, what I, I think the biggest problem that I have is did they need that badly to take Cole Strange at 29, right? And that, I think, is the more pressing issue here is, okay, so you like Cole Strange. Fine. Did you need to take him at 29? Did you need to pass on the defensive talent that was on the board? Trey Mc, Trent McDuffie goes with the pick that they traded away to Kansas City. Daxon Hill goes a couple picks later to Cincinnati after that. Did they need to do it when they did it, I think is a bigger problem now. And I'll talk about the whole positional value thing in in a bit, but I wanted to get that initial take out there. One, I actually like the player. I don't think Cole Strange is a bad prospect, but it's the optics of when they did it in the draft and the fact that ultimately you're just not going to really have the positional value at that position versus corner or linebacker. And and I still can't really stomach that part of it. Yeah, so – Here's what I think, and I, I was on Zolak and Bertrand earlier, and Mark Bertrand pointed this out, and, and he made a good point. If you look at the teams Cole Strange had top 30 meetings with, the Bucks have the first pick tonight after making a trade yesterday. Yes. Um, the Seahawks have two picks before 54. The Jets have one. It might be two picks before 54. The Bears have a pick in there as well. So there is reason to believe he wouldn't get there. Now, just because the team had a top – 30 meeting with the player, does that mean that they're going to take him that high? There's a team that met with Jared Bernhardt, who's the hybrid lacrosse player from Ferris State. Like, I, I'm right. not worried that a team's going to grab, that the Broncos are going to grab Jared Bernhardt super early, right? So that's, I don't know that that uh, causation, what, what is the term? There's causation or correlation there. Right. Um, that, I'm just telling you how they may have seen it in that moment. I am with you in that, this not being a great pick has nothing to do with Cole Strange. I think people saying Cole Strange can't play just haven't watched. There's They see the FCS, and they just throw that out. If you want to knock Cole Strange, the knock on Cole Strange is this. He's going to be 24 when camp starts. He's gonna, or one of the first days of camp, he's going to turn 24, right? 
when you draft in the first round, when teams draft in the first round, they are looking at a 10, they, the goal is to get a 10 to 12 to 15 year starter. That's the, that's yeah. the line I kept saying with Mac Jones last year, right? Cole strange. If, if he plays under his fifth year option will be 29 playing under his fifth year option. And we see this across the league. Guards, offensive linemen are retiring at 30, 31, 32 years old, right? You just had Allie Marpet in, in Tampa do that. So right. if Cole Strange is already going to be 24 when the season starts, how many years is he really going to play in the league? Now, how long is Bill going to be here? Yeah. Right? Bill may draft him and say, well, he's going to play for the rest of my career, and I'm good with that. Right? They may not. Cole Strange was not a projected fringe day three pick because of a lack of talent. It's because he plays a non-impact position and because his career is going to be shorter because of his age. If and the he was an FCS guy. I think right. the FCS thing matters. FCS too. If the Patriots were, I think that matters even more, but yeah. If the Patriots were dead set on getting a guard and they were dead set on getting a high floor player, Strange was the best player on the board at the time. And they didn't care about the age. Strange was the best player on the board at the time, right? Now, the real issue is not about who they took. Cole Strange, fine player. It's about who they didn't take. Right. Like that to me is the conversation. It's that. And I, I, as much as I would have loved Quay Walker, I won't knock them for the trade down. Cause in the moment that was a good yeah. trade. I'm not going to go back on that with hindsight, but Agreed. they didn't take Andrew Booth. They didn't take Daxton Hill. They didn't take Nicobe Dean. Maybe they move up and get a shot at one of these guys today. And, and I'll talk about, I, I'm actually encouraged for day two and I'll, I'll say why in a little bit. I, I think the argument is like you can't say Cole Strange isn't a good player. Cole Strange is going to be their starting left guard for five years. I truly believe that. Is he going to be an all pro left guard? I don't know. He's going to be a good starting left guard for five years. That's fine. It's about, you know, well, did they pass on a potential Pro Bowl safety? Did they pass on a potential Pro Bowl all pro corner? That's the conversation. That's the direction you go. Jermaine Johnson, another one who I think would have been excellent playing across from Matthew Judon. Did they sure. pass on? you know, coupling that, those edge defenders. That's, if you want to complain, that's where you complain. It's not about who they took. It's about who they didn't. Right. So I think the biggest thing to kind of agree with you here on that is if we're going to project that Cole Strange is going to be a good NFL player, like let's, let's say that everybody, you have to use that in prison with everybody, right? So you have to assume that Daxon Hill is also going to be a good player. You can't just assume the Patriots got an all pro and Daxon Hill is going to be an absolute bust because they, they passed on him. Right. So if we're going with best case scenarios here and we're going with ceilings, the problem is, is that the ceiling of drafting the defensive player there, the ceiling of drafting Daxon Hill or Andrew Booth jr. Or Nicobe Dean, or even Louis seen right from Georgia, the ceiling there of hitting on one of those defensive players increases your margin significantly more than if Cole Strange turns into an all-pro player. That's just the bottom line. If you look across the league and look at the top guards in the league, last year, Cleveland's Joel Bertonio was the most valuable guard in the National Football League by every single metric across the board. His differential between where he ranked in that list and where the average starting guard is, is minuscule in difference compared to where the best corner in the NFL ranks versus the 16th best corner. Right. And, and those differences are what we're talking about here. It's positional value. The fact of the matter is that if 
you're going to assume that Cole Strange is going to be an all-pro pro bowler, great pick for the Patriots. Let's also play that forward and assume that some of these defensive players that were picked around the Patriots or after the Patriots or are going to go early tonight are also going to pan out. Those players move the needle more for New England than a guard does. And I think ultimately what Bill Belichick looked at with this board is he said if the season were to start tomorrow and Macro did hint at this, not necessarily about guard, but just as a general statement. He also mentioned uh, we want in the first round, ideally, to come away with somebody who's going to be an immediate contributor to our football team. I think Bill Belichick looked at this and said, if the games were to start tomorrow, my biggest concern is who I'm going to have starting at guard opposite of Mike Onwenu. We know Mike is going to play one of the guard spots. Who's going to play the other one? So they took the best guard that they had left on their board. And that justification to me is thinking in a small picture. It's thinking about the here and now and not necessarily looking at the bigger picture of, okay, we need to compete with all these other teams in the AFC. We need to shrink the gap between us and Buffalo. Drafting Cole Strange here does not shrink the gap. It doesn't change anything. He could turn into Logan Mankins. He could turn into Joel Petonio. He could turn into Quentin Nelson. It's not going to make them better off. It's not going to make 47 to 17 a closer game next time around. If they were to hit on Dax Hill or if they were to hit on Quay Walker or Nicobe Dean, that definitely would have improved their margin against Buffalo or improved their margin against Cincinnati or the Chargers or, you know, whoever, you know, Broncos, whatever team you want to use. Those guys just bring more inherent value in general to the team than a guard does. Take all the names out of it. Take all the evaluation out of it. That's the bottom line. And I, I think a lot of people are getting caught up in the, well, you don't know what his value is going to be. Cole Strange could be an amazing player. Yeah, Cole Strange could be an amazing player. The amazing guards don't move the needle. They don't make the team significantly better. That's just the natural inherent value of the position. So I'm still not off that. I, I still can't get over the fact that they prioritize guard and they saw guard as the most valuable way to improve their roster, especially with how all these other teams are building and Ultimately, we, we've done, been down this road with the Patriots before, and they always end up being right, or most of the time they end up being right about team building and things like that, and their reputation is really solid. But you have to, at some point, recognize that the rest of the league is completely different right now in terms of how they're, report, they're approaching their roster building. They are looking at things completely different than you are across the board, prioritizing skill positions, prioritizing athletes on defense, wide receivers. I mean, how many wide receivers did we see go last night? And then on top of the veteran trades, right, with A.J. Brown and Hollywood Brown, the, the rest of the league is saying to the Patriots, we're, we're going in a completely opposite direction from you. And meanwhile, the Pats are doing this. And the last thing I'll say, Alex, is – this puts to bed any conversations about the Patriots changing their dra- their draft philosophy. Their draft philosophy is the same that it's always been. 
last year it just was beneficial that the quarterback that they happened to think was a fit and happened to like was a Nick Saban quarterback, was an Alabama quarterback, and it made the pick easy. But any notion that the Patriots have changed their stripes and are now going to draft differently and are now going to build differently, I think we can all put all of that to bed. Drafting a guard from Chattanooga in the first round is 100% what the Patriots have been doing for 25 years. So it's no different. In some ways, and I know people don't want to hear this, and there is one big difference. In a lot of ways, I think to them, People are like, oh, they got Mac last year. Why aren't they, you know, attacking the draft like they did last year when they took Mac? My hair is ridiculous right now. This is very similar to the Mac Jones pick, and I'll tell you why. Oh, boy. They, in the first round, they went out and said, who's the highest floor player on the board at our biggest position of need? And I think they view guard right now or heading into last night. I think they viewed guard as their biggest position of need, right? They signed Malcolm Butler. They brought in Terrence, whoever, the free agent. Jalen Mills is there. I think they, between Butler and Mills, I think they feel like, well, we have starters at corner. Not J.C. Jackson. We have starters at corner, right? Whereas I think they look at the guard position and James Ferentz, solid rotational player, not a starter. So I think they went in and they said, who is the most NFL-ready player at our biggest position of need? That's what they did with Mac, right? And that's what they did last night with Cole Strange. Now, the difference, of course, is it's a quarterback versus a guard. It's and a, it's also a it's, quarterback that quarterback the national championship team so, in the FBS Division One level. Like it, the problem. But no, have, you know what? No, but you know what it is. They're not looking at it that way. It's one of the top perform perform because they. So it's they, it's recency. They want the most recent thing you've done. It's one of the top performers at the senior bowl at his position and one of the top performers at the senior bowl at his position. That's what it is. The different, the big difference is it's not just a impact position. It's the impact position versus offensive guard. And again, I'm not, this isn't me saying this is the justification for it. This is to me what the mindset is. This yeah. is, the same, I think the approach to this pick is the same approach they used last year to take Mac Jones. It's just a different position, and that's why it feels different. And yeah, he's not from Alabama, and that kind of takes some of the shine off. And there, there was the report that, oh, well, if he'd gone to Alabama, he would have been a first-round pick. Well, he would have been coached up better. He'd weigh more than 370 I'm, I'm pounds. I'm not buying it. I'm like that's, it, so. you're, you're creating an entirely different player when you say that. Yeah. I think the real one is if he wasn't 24, if he was 21 or 22 and he played the way he played last year. And I know that sounds like not a lot that two years at that point, think about physically how you were at 21 and 24 years old. You're a different person physically. If he was 21 playing the way he played last year, I think there is a real conversation that he's a first round pick because there's significantly more upside there. He's yeah. still developing. That to me is the where you want like where you make that demarcation line. Teams don't like the older players. Bernard Raymond was supposed to be a first round pick. Bernard Raymond was the guy we all thought if we were having this conversation we'd be having it about, right? Right. That's what we all thought. There's a reason Bernard Raymond didn't go in the first round. Uh uh who was it from Tulsa? Tyler Smith went ahead of yeah. him. I think a big part of that is 
teams don't, especially on the offensive line where these guys retire at the age of 30, teams don't want mid-20s draft picks. They just don't. I don't think Bill cares. I think he's fine with it, which is why they would have a guy like Cole Strange valued so much higher. And they do this. Kyle Duggar. What was Kyle Duggar? 23 when they drafted him? He, right? he was a, he was almost a 25-year-old rookie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they don't care this about is, the age. They, they, it's, it, it, this is value. This is, well, everybody else is going to knock him because he's older. Well, we're, we're not worried about him playing until he's 33 or 34. We just want to get through his rookie contract. We yeah. might not even pay him after his rookie contract. Because I, I think that they look right? at it and they say that the vast majority of guys that you draft don't actually even – aren't even worth paying after their rookie contract. So right. we're looking at it at a two- to three-year window of what this player could be by year two, year three, so year four at his rookie deal. If we want to go like ultimate Belichick cap on, you draft Cole Strange – to be 29 under his rookie option. Yeah. To be 30, you're ready to move on because you can churn out offensive linemen. But some team is going to be an offensive lineman away. They're going to pay him too much for one year to get the comp pick. That's, I mean, that's real tinfoil hat on, but that, they don't care that he's 24. I don't think they care that he's 24. Yeah. I, I I just keep on coming back to the premium position thing. That That's what I can't get my head around. So that is, is that, that is... I think it had it's so the, many needs in other spots too. It's not like it, it's not like taking a corner or taking a linebacker would have been a luxury, right? It, it's it's not like you look at that and you say, so, "Oh, this would be a, a sugar." Like if they had taken a wide receiver last night, that would have been a luxury pick, right? That would have been a, 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 a cherry on top type of selection. So taking here's a corner, what I would taking a linebacker that that's a need. That's a they need more talent on defense, and and they that's a more premium position. We say that. We say that sitting here doing our doing our little internet show in front of a couple hundred people with our bad hey, hair and ugly patchy right facial now, hair, all of that. Your hair does look good. We say that sitting here. You go up to Bill's on the truth serum. Last night, eight o'clock. Hey, Bill, what's the biggest need on your roster? What do you think he says? I don't even know anymore. No, you know the answer. You know the answer. You know what the answer is. Give me the question one more time. I, I'm truth, truth serum, Bill Belichick. Yes. You ask him at 8 p.m. last night, Bill, what's the biggest need on your roster? I, I guess he would say guard. Yep. Like, I, I guess that's, he would say yeah, guard. That's, that's why that was heard. the pick. Yeah. That's and why that was the pick. I think that there's two things at play here, too, that, that are worth talking about. And then I do want to actually talk about Cole Strange because we're really only talking about it from a big well, picture sense here. But the one thing I wanted to hit on, too, is – they just lost Carmen Brusello. He's now with the Raiders as their offensive line coach. Dante Scarnecchia is not walking through that door. I, I, I do also wonder how much of a role we can't just, and we've talked about this, you can't just count on drafting the guard in the sixth round anymore and turning him into a, a, a Michael Onwenu, right? Or, or turning a UDFA center into David Andrews because they don't have necessarily the coaching infrastructure to lean back on that they're going to be able to develop that guy. You mentioned Strange's age. Another thing that straight, that kind of stands out about his profile is that he's had that he's started 44 career games at Chattanooga. This is a very experienced lineman. They this don't need not, to coach him. This is not Bernard Raymond. He doesn't have 18 career starts and he's not a German kid, right? This is a guy that that has been playing football his whole life that had 44 starts at that level, went to the senior bowl. 
I think that they feel like there's not as much coaching. Exactly. There's not as much coaching net needed there so that when they have Billy Yates and Matt Patricia working with the offensive linemen, they're not looking at it and saying, we need, we have a long way to go with Cole, right? We, we gotta, we gotta get him a long ways away from here. We're right. going to have to red shirt him and, and then work with him behind the scenes. They're looking at it, I think, and saying we can, we are comfortable with Cole Strange being our starting left guard in week one. And, and that's there's inherent value in that, I suppose. I want to take a second to shout out our friends at betonline.ag. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget that baseball is back and the start of the Major League Baseball season is finally here. Bet online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. That's who I think he is. I think the idea is he's so, you know, some most draft picks, right? You talk about floor ceiling. Most draft picks are going to start here, and they're going to you, you, ideally they end up here, right? That's kind of what you want. Cole Strange is going to start here. Yeah, he's going to end up here. Right, and that's fine with them. That's fine. He's ready. He's NFL ready. He's going to come in, plug and play day one. They've got their starting left guard for the next five years. That's what they were looking at. Yep, like the player, hate the value of the pick. I want to talk about Strange a little bit, and, and- so before we get into that. Yeah. Just one more thing about the overall, we were talking about the draft strategy. I meant to add this on before when I was comparing it to the Mac Jones pick. What did they do? At, and this is why I'm encouraged. What did they do after they took Mac Jones last year? Moved up from Barmore, tremendous yeah. upside guy. Ronnie Perkins, pure upside guy. Ramondre Stevenson, I know he was good in year one, but he was an upside guy, right? Yeah. So if the pattern follows like it did last year, they're going to get aggressive today and they're going to take some potential playmakers today. So you talk about the draft strategy not changing. It's the guard quarterback thing that's really funky. But that's just, again, if we'll see if the pattern holds. Okay, so we're going to talk about day two, and we're going to reset the board here in a second. I want to kind of give a little bit of a scouting report on Cole Strange. We're 21 sure. minutes in, and we haven't actually talked about what the dude does on the field. So the two things that definitely stand out about him when you watch him, one thing is – his athleticism. He, he does jump off the tape and he was an amazing combine tester, uh, relative athletic score close to 10. I think it was like 9.9 something. So he was one of the most athletic guard prospects in the draft. One of the most athletic guard prospects over the last couple of drafts, quite frankly, and maybe even, you know, decades uh, based off of uh, Raz and, and some of the other metrics that are used spark score or whatever you want to use really athletic guy. You see it on tape. A really uh, good blocker on the move. He can pull. He can climb to the second level. He can get out in front of a screen. He can pass protect. He can move side to side. He can mirror guys and pass pro. Uh, Strong chest. Be able to kind of throw those two hands and and be able to plant that anchor and pass protection as well. So there's a lot to like about him as a player. And and as the evaluation process kind of continues here for us with, with a guy like Cole Strange, you you start to see some of the flashes on tape of what you really like. And uh, if you're, if you're a Patriots fan and you're really just trying to grasp at straws to figure out how to like this pick or wrap your head around it, the YouTube clip uh, cut up is on YouTube of 
Chattanooga's offense against Kentucky last year. And Cole Strange, 69 at left guard, absolutely flat out dominated. A pretty good Wildcats defensive line. We've talked about guys, Pascal, Marquand McCall. Some of the players on that defensive line are going to be NFL guys. And he's out there dominating from all four quarters in all phases against a SEC good D-line in Kentucky. So there's a lot to like about him on tape. And I think that that's what you can be a little bit more excited about still i'm not trying to put lipstick on a pig like i i I still don't like the optics of the pick and the process and the value uh, but the player itself if we if they drafted cole strange today and we were talking about this tomorrow morning about them drafting cole strange in the second or the third round i would have been fine with it like the player itself is not the problem here and i i want to get your take on what you think of cole strange as well yeah i i think he's again he's going to come in and be should be the starting left guard. I think he, he, to me, he's kind of the, I, I, he's the guard version of Trevor Penning. If that makes sense. I think they approach the game very similarly. Um, I think they have kind of similar backgrounds. And you're saying, well, Penning was a first round pick and strange went too high. Again, it's that positional value thing. Right. Hard versus tackle. Um, I like how nasty he plays the game. Yeah. Um, I, I think he understands what he's looking at very well. He, he, yes. he processes things quickly, which is important. You can tell he played some center. He has that mentality. The biggest question mark for me about him as a player is they got to get him in the weight room. 307 isn't going to cut it. And yeah. again, it's tough. His hands full with Travis Jones at the senior right. bowl. Travis it's, Jones converting speed to power on him was a big problem for him down in right. Mobile. So that's definitely if, a concern. If somebody's trying to beat him, like with technique, like with hand placement and footwork, like strange is going to even like power five guys. If somebody's just going to try to bowl them over, that's, that's where he needs to be better. This is where the 24 year old thing comes in because it's a lot easier to change your frame when you're 21. You still do it at 24. It's just a little more work. Again, he measured in at six, three Oh seven, three Oh seven at the combine. I want to see him in camp, like three twenty, three twenty five. I think if he can get there and he doesn't need to be a fat guy. Like he's pretty, he's built like a tackle. Right. I don't, and I don't know that he can play tackle. I don't know that he's quick enough. He played tackle a few games last year um, at at UC. The guy that he reminds me of, and he's a pretty good comp in terms of measurable size, athletic testing is Tooney, right? And I think that actually in a lot of ways, some of his play concerns with play strength, with bull rushing, uh, ability to anchor against bull rushes and win those really uh, power combats in the trenches. Early career, Joe Tooney had the exact same problems, right? Tooney was a guy that that could get bull rush and, and could get moved a little bit in pass protection. So he has a very similar uh, measurables and athletic profile, a comparison to Joe Tooney. And I would also say his biggest flaw, which is handling power on the inside, is also similar to Joe Tooney. So they've coached up Joe Tooney. They've gotten a player like him there. Now, Joe Tooney was a third-round pick, so that, that's the right. biggest difference, right? That's Again, that's it's the value thing. And also, so right. I'll say this. So Joe Tooney was 304 at the combine. He now plays at 315. So maybe maybe 320 is pushing it for strange. Maybe it's, it's right. more like 315, 320. It doesn't need to be like raw bulk. I'm not saying they need a four-speed. It could all be muscle. Yeah. Like, he can be a lean guard and that works i just i that that to me is the big thing it's going to be really interesting to see when we get in a camp how how strong he looks and 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 look we're gonna know right away with this guy this to me is a very fascinating storyline who's cole strange gonna go up against throughout training camp yeah christian barmore Barmore. will be 
Yeah. We're we're gonna yeah. know like Barmore is a damn good player. Right. We're we're gonna know right away what Cole Strange is about because Barmore is nasty too. Bar Barmore is a dog too. It's gonna be some fun battles, but I, I I think that'll be a pretty good indication of exactly where Cole Strange is at. Yeah, but if you're trying to get to a, a Patriots player comparison, because I know a lot of people have compared him to to Mankins just because of the smaller school, you know, Fresno and and Chattanooga. Not Fresno is still an FBS program, by the way. It's not it's not an FCS school. But yeah. at, at the same time, I don't see Mankins to me had a lot more nasty coming out. Right, Mankins to me was a lot. Oh, more I don't know. This kid, this kid's pretty ferocious. He's nasty in the run game. I, I Makins, I don't think had the any sort of play strength concerns, right? And, and okay. I do, I do think in pass pro that is, I, I would, if you're looking for a Patriot comparison, if you're trying to wrap your head around it and say who's this guy like, I really think Tooney is the comparison. And uh, you, you see the athleticism, you see how quickly he can get out of his stance. I mean, the other thing I'll say too, Chattanooga from the four or five games of him that I've watched. They're a very multiple run scheme. Uh, they ask them to they run make, a lot. They ask him to make a lot of NFL blocks. And, and that's something that I don't think you ultimately get a ton at the college level all the time. But you can turn on a tape of his and you can watch him reach on the line of scrimmage, pull block, climb to the second level after a double team or a combo on the line. You can see him do pretty much everything that the Patriots are going to ask him to do from a blocking technique standpoint. So there's that angle of it too. And you mentioned the awareness. He's a very hyper aware player. You see him consistently show really good timing on the inside of when to come off double teams, bloopers, stunts, blitzers, like things like that. Like he's very, very good at picking those things up and, coming off and uh, having good rhythm in the blocking game too. So a lot to like about the player. Just wish they had taken him a little bit later. Spinning this forward now in the second half of the show to today and to tomorrow, you mentioned the reason why you're more optimistic about them moving forward after this pick. I actually agree with you. And the one thing I will definitely look at as well with this is they make this trade down and I don't think it was by mistake that they tried to get an extra fourth round pick in that deal nope. last year. I, I, I can pull up the exact trade when you, when you uh, give your takeouts, they traded up for Christian Barmore. We've mentioned it a couple of times. It was their original second round pick and two fourth round picks to move up for Barmore. I don't think it would shock either one of us if they make a similar kind of trade tonight to move back up and get another top 50 player. No. And the other thing they can do, and this is another kind of trade they make, so they they also have picks now that are that are kind of ranged together, right? Teams right. kind of group players. Right. It's into like one twenty seven and one twenty one, right? So they have so in the third they have eighty five and ninety four, and in the fourth they have one twenty one and one twenty seven. So nine apart and six apart. They can look at that and say, well, we know we're going to get one player we like in that range. So, you know, so I guess it's it, it's kind of the same thing. It's a flavor thing. Would you rather move your second and two fourths and have a huge gap on the board? Or would right. you rather move a second, one third and one fourth? You're giving up a top 100 pick, but maybe you're moving up a little higher. I get that's there's no right or wrong answer. I, I can't tell you without knowing exactly where they move up, who would be on the board, right? But they, however, they want to go about it. They also might move that fifth. Let's not forget they hate the fifth round. 
Right. So they they, here's the trade last year for Barmore was yeah. 46, 122, and 139 to move up to 38 to take Barmore. So they moved up eight spots by packaging the two fourth round picks. So they could possibly move from like 54 back into like where they probably were last year, like 46, right? In, in the yep. middle of the, of the 40s and, and get back into the top 50. Uh, I think that that sort of thing would definitely help Patriots fans stomach the top of the draft a whole lot well, better. Let's see who they take after yeah. they trade up, but yeah. That's fair. I I don't think when I look at their date, so they have 10 picks remaining in the draft. They got tons of picks. And when right. you look at it, that trade with Houston for the sixth and the seventh, as much as maybe the Patriots won't love the fact that they have that gap between uh, Kansas City's third round pick that they acquired last night, which is what, 97, 94. 94. So 94 and then 158 in the fifth round would be the gap. But they have all those picks in the back of the draft, right? They have the fifth, they have three six, and they have a seventh. And I, I would honestly wouldn't be surprised at that point if they just kind of consider it throwing darts anyways. Like, what's the difference of the value in the fourth round? So I, I think that they could definitely move up again here and target some players. And we can talk about, so, talk about who they might target. That's more important, I guess, than, than the actual trade-up itself. Well, I, who the hell knows at this point? I'm so terrified projecting the board right now. Yeah. I think that the one thing I'd say about giving up both of those fourths, they took Ramondre there last year. They yeah. need a back. Yeah. They like certain and, and they've gone off the trend. So I don't know why I'm still using trends to try to predict this. <laughs> Literally in the background, Evan, while you're doing your parts, I'm writing about how this was a trend-breaking pick. But let me live in my delusion for a minute here. They like they like backs in the fourth round. They like backs in the fourth round. They also like defensive, they like corners. They like corners in that spot too. Yeah. I maybe it's not 121 or 127. Maybe they package those both, move up, and then they get a later fourth. I would be surprised if they move out of the fourth. I think it's more likely they move out of the fifth entirely. So, I wonder. So maybe I don't you know. Trade if, one, go ahead. I was going to say, maybe you trade 121 and 127 to move up, and then you trade 158, which is your fifth, and you take one of those three sixths and move back up into the fourth, and then your your gap is in the fifth. But, like, I think the gap's going to be in the fifth. I don't think the gap's going to be in the fourth. Fair enough. I. You also wonder how much – do they, you know, ultimately who are they targeting? Because at this point, you know, your guess is as good as anybody's, right? I mean, like, who the heck knows? So Go get me John Mechie and Troy Anderson. If they do that today, Evan, they can have Troy all they want. I, I think they might be able to stay at 54 and, and get Mechie. It's a weird draft, so I'm not 100% sold on anything. But so I, here's I, why I think that. Yeah. Because Jameson Williams fell. Clearly, right. teams are a little more concerned about the ACL than maybe we thought. Now, Mechie's ahead yeah. of the process. Yeah, I'm just projecting here. It was Jameis, though, Jameson, according to reports. So, right. And I don't know who's saying I said they wouldn't take Matchy on Bertrand. And I said that he would be the, uh, he's checks every box, assuming his right. knee is fine. Um, I, I think there is a chance Matchy falls just based off Jameson Williams falling and them being in similar situations. Then again, yeah. Jahan Dawson went, where did uh, John Dawson went high? 16. So, for the yeah. So yeah. the receivers are kind of, Pushing up, I was actually thinking maybe leading in the Traylon Burks would fall out of the first round. That yeah. obviously didn't happen. Um, it's gonna it's gonna be a flavor thing. Do teams want you know the team sitting on the board if they want a slot? It's Sky more than probably Mechie. If you have a bunch of teams who want outside receivers, Mechie probably is a little more time because you have Christian Watson, you have George Pickens, 
Alex where Beard. is I don't even know where David Bell is projected anymore. Former David, projected David, top David fifteen pick right. David Bell is he down to yeah. day three? Yeah, you were on. I'll give you credit. You were on that one. You watched him. You texted me. You were like, "What?" Yeah, N- never saw any sort of play speed with David Bell. Like I, I never thought he was fast. And then when he ran right the 40, pencil, him like, pencil him in at fifty four, Evan. Oh my goodness! Uh, don't don't do that to me. All right. So if they're going to move up in the third round or second round, excuse me, tonight and target a player. It does feel like it's got to be on defense, right? I, I just – I like want the wide receiver as much as anybody else does. But at this point, I, I really do think that they would think defense with that pick. If they're going to stick with the the senior bowl small school guys, like Troy Anderson's right there, right? Like that, Troy that Anderson of, would be Cole Strange. Like it's a similar yeah. – Yeah, yeah. But, Troy Anderson or even Zion McCollum, who's also an FCS right. guy. Those, I think, are the two – if this is the way that we're going, if we're going FCS senior bowl standouts, and that's, that's the direction that the team wants to go in. And also on top of FCS senior bowl standouts, elite athletes too, right? Anderson, McCollum, strange. Those would be high end athletes. Also, if that's the direction that we're going in, those are the, those are the guys that stand out on the board remaining that are remaining Anderson and, uh, and McCollum. I would also mention mama, Chad mama is, you know, not quite FCS, but also not a, a huge school guy either, right? right. So that that's another one that I would put in there. Also, a Senior Bowl guy uh, at corner. There there are some good corners still left. I don't. They've traded up in the second round for corners before. I I hate to bring the name up, but but Jawan was a trade up in the second round. So here's the thing with the corners, and this is you know to bring it back to last night too. I think they put such a premium on their first round pick being a day one starter. Yeah. They might not have viewed Booth or Elam as day one starters for various reasons. I like beyond being football players, there's issues with uh, Booth has some injury concerns, right? Elam struggled against some top tier competition. They saw Cole Strange a day one starter. Now day two, traditionally upside. And that's all these guys, McCollum, Tariq Woolen, yeah. Like that, those guys aren't starting day one, but that they might, they're more okay with that when it's not in the first round, they're not looking at upside in the first round. So yeah, you talk about, there, there's so many good upside players on the board right now. The question is, do they keep going small school? Like I'm back and forth on this. He, he asked me five minutes apart. I'll give you two, two different answers. When I was doing mock drafts, like throughout this, when we were doing mock drafts. I always kept having to catch myself and being like, why am I taking only small school guys? And I was like, is it just a value thing? Like, in my mind, it's like, oh, well, the PFF simulator's glitched and these guys just fall. This actually is a sneaky, really good class for small school guys. And the COVID thing's a part of that. A lot of guys transferred. A lot of guys transferred to smaller schools to get more playing time. Yeah. The flip side of it, so are they going to capitalize on that? And that's their value. The flip side of that is, and they could totally do this, are they going to overcorrect? And it's about to be Alabama, Georgia, Michigan, Arkansas next four picks yeah like and i they both feel equally as likely they really both do or is he going to take like freaking penn state utah clemson three schools he's never drafted right right when i look at the when i look at the corner board i i think the biggest concern i have at corner is booth kyler gordon still on the board at corner as well uh they're gonna go way up to get those guys though roger McCrary. well that's that's my point right is 
Gordon Booth, Roger McCrary, I think from Auburn as well, will be early tonight. Like, I think those guys all go in the 30s. So you're talking about really moving up significantly to be able to draft those guys. So I think that you're more talking about in that next wave at corner, and you're talking about Zion McCollum. You're talking about your guy, Tariq Woolen. Like, those are the conversations that they're having. I don't love the optics of any of those guys in terms of being able to start right away, but that's kind of where we're at. Uh, the other linebackers, we mentioned Anderson, we mentioned Mama, you know, Darian Beavers is sitting there, Christian Harris is sitting there. Uh, there there are some good linebackers still. Nicobe Dean's another one, though, that I look at and could very well be like the 34th pick in the draft, right? So uh, I, I think that you're in a in kind of wait and see mode with some of these other players as well. Yeah. So sorry, go go again. You cut out there. Uh, no, uh, you got me. We're good. Yeah, I got you. So I, I I lost like the last half set, half of that. Set. Yeah, and the other thing is, uh, you know, Tampa, as it sounds right now, is targeting a defensive lineman. It sounds like with that thirty third pick. So Travis Jones, Travis Jones, Logan That's Hall, I think Travis are the two Jones. names that have been. T- I know because think about it, they lost Sue and um, they lost Sue. I can see Travis Jones. Yep. All right. Well, that I, I think we, you know, we could sit here and we could throw out names for the next 20 minutes, but honestly, I'm not sure where that's going to really get us after last night. So uh, we broke down Cole Strange. We talked about the value of the position of guard and all that kind of stuff. It, it is a head scratcher, but that's where we're at. Both of us are a little bit more optimistic about day two. So Alex and I will be back tomorrow morning to discuss uh, what the Patriots do tonight. They do have three picks currently. Could be a fourth pick with those two fourth rounders. They have moved back into the third round with two fourth round picks as well uh, in the past two. So we'll have you covered right here on Patriots Press Pass. We'll have uh, more live streams tonight. Alex will have work on 985.com as well. And uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Thanks so much for watching. Hopefully uh, we were able to quell some anxieties a little bit. I mean, how are you, Pete? You, you were Mr. No guard, no matter what for, I, for I, I'm done. Months. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done stressing about it. The pick is done. Uh, we are where we are and uh, nothing we can do about it. So Cole strange, baby, right? Number 69 at left guard. Let's see what happens. All right. But uh, Alex and I will be back tomorrow to break down day two. We'll be back on Sunday to break down day three. So keep it right here on Patriots Press Pass and Patriots Speed, and we'll see everybody tomorrow. Thanks so much for watching, everybody.